you can have it all. Have you ever been told that? If we hear that in our world, we mean that you can have the dream, you can have the stuff, you can have the relationship, you can have the happiness, you can have everything else also. I want to talk to you today about having it all, but these are not the things that I want to talk about. Over the last weeks, as Jack explained, we have worked our way through the truths presented in the Advent wreath as we have given flame to the candles representing the prophets and Bethlehem, the shepherds and the angels. We have heard of the powerful themes and promises which God's word speaks of regarding hope, faith, joy, and peace. What more could we want? Is it really possible to have these things? Our world would tell us that we have more stuff, and if we have more stuff, we will have these very things. But we know it is not true. We have the stuff already, but we find hope and faith and joy and peace to be more elusive. There is only one thing that ties all of these things together for which we so long, and that is Jesus, the light of the world. The light has come into the dark, and thus we have tonight lit the Christ candle. The world Jesus was born into, it was dark. There was very little hope and faith and joy and peace. The prophets had been silent for 400 years, and God's people were under the brutal hand of the Romans who dominated the world. The reality is that our world is also dark. Think of the pain in our broken world. It is out there, and yet it is also right here inside of us as we experience the pain of living in this broken world. Our relationships struggle. Our careers and finances seem broken at times. There are significant health issues, and on the list goes. In this darkness, we long for hope and faith and joy and peace. And tonight, we will see the light which gives meaning to it all. Let's start with the first words of the Gospel of John as he speaks of the light coming into the world. Hear the word of God, John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, 
who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Let us pray. Our Father, we come this evening asking that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to respond. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Light is an amazing thing. We must have light to live. The light of the sun is needed for our very existence. With light, we see. I heard someone say just last week, you have to go outside. The sun is life-giving. One of the most successful ad campaigns of all time appealed to the consumer with light. Decades ago, there was a struggling discount motel chain. They approached for help the Richards Group, a regional ad agency in Dallas, Texas. They had no national accounts whatsoever. Long story short, Motel 6 received a new spokesman who was also an NPR storyteller. Tom Bodette, and some of you know the tagline, will leave the light on for you. But Jesus did not come simply to leave a light on for us. He came as the light of the world, which fuels hope, faith, joy, and peace. First, we see Jesus comes as the light and fuels hope. Our hope is not a maybe a possibility. Our hope is a certainty because of who made the promises to us. God Almighty promised us that a Savior was coming. The Lord Jesus was born, and the hope of that one coming turned into a sure and certain hope of our receiving forgiveness for our sins accomplished by His death on the cross. What is your most memorable Christmas? I have a number of such memories, like bringing our firstborn, Joseph, the bald one who just read, <laughs> home from the hospital in Guadalajara, Mexico, on Christmas Day, 40 years ago, tomorrow. I have more hair than he does. <laughs> Who would have dreamed that when he was in high school? Oh. I will never forget that Christmas. I'm often asked to tell the story of one other Christmas that I will never forget. It also took place in southern Mexico in February. That's strange, Christmas in February, on a mountaintop in the middle of nowhere in the Sierra Madre mountain range in Monte Rosa. Christmas was celebrated in February because these beautiful, humble people were harvesting their crops in December. There were three very humble huts on a mountaintop. A friend and I hiked in for hours, and soon after we arrived, others from the neighboring mountains started arriving with their supplies for the party that was going to take place, and the party was going to last a few days. All of a sudden, I saw some of them taking a goat and it was obvious that they were going to slaughter this goat for the party. So I went to watch this as they wrestled the goat down and they tied it up and they laid it on a rock. 
And as they brought the knife down, the goat erupted, screaming uncontrollably. And I was somewhat undone. About 30 minutes later, the same scene was playing out. But this time, it was a sheep that was to be slaughtered. There was nothing else to do on this mountaintop, so I went to watch again. They did not restrain the sheep with the rope like they did the goat. They held it down on the rock, and the man raised the knife, but then he stopped and he looked up at me and said, this one is different. I was a little bit insulted because I knew the difference between a goat and a sheep, (laughs) but I really didn't know the difference. He brought the knife down. Not a whimper came out of the lamb. And the truth of God's word came rushing into my mind and my heart. Isaiah 53 came alive. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. The hope of God's people is in the blood. Jesus comes as the light and he fuels hope. There is no hope without Jesus. Likewise, Jesus comes as the light and he fuels faith. In Acts 8, Philip encounters the Ethiopian eunuch who was reading scripture. It says in verse 30, So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. The same passage that came to my mind on Isaiah on that mountaintop, Isaiah 53. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the news about Jesus. The eunuch experienced faith in the Lord Jesus and was baptized right there. Jesus is the object of our faith and also the one who calls us and works it out in our hearts. Jesus comes as the light and fuels faith. There is no faith without Jesus. And then after we experience trust and faith in the Lord, Jesus comes as the light and he fuels joy. I've never seen greater joy than I experienced on that mountaintop with probably the poorest, most humble people I've ever met. They were followers of Jesus and nothing this world offers did they have. And yet they had joy. In the Christmas story, the angels announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds saying, fear not, For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people in Luke 2. And then in Matthew 2, the Magi, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Jesus comes as the light and he fuels joy. There is no joy without Jesus. And just as he gives us joy, Jesus comes as the light and he fuels peace. 
Isaiah 9, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Where in our world do we find peace? Honestly, there just is not much to be found, is there? As we ponder peace and joy and faith and hope, we could easily say that the opposite of all this is fear. And we see fear often even in ourselves, in our worries and our anxieties. We experience fear regularly. And yet the most frequent command in all of Scripture is do not fear. And yet it is part of the Christmas story telling us not to fear. I want to speak just a minute to the children who are here. And so I'll invite the rest of you just to listen in. Um, If you are sixth grade or younger, just stand up for a second so I can see how many children we have here. Okay, we have quite a few. Okay, y'all sit back down. I was going to invite you up, but I have too much fear to invite you up. Um, We have fire up here. Christmas, and we can't wait for it to come tomorrow, can we? Is a time to give gifts. But really, what is Christmas all about? Charlie Brown asked that question. He said, is there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And his friend Linus told him what Christmas is about, and he did so by using the Bible. Linus told Charlie Brown and us the truth about Jesus. We're going to see a video. Many of you have seen it before. This was on TV, young children in 1965. Like, that was way before your parents were born. And it may even have been before your grandparents were born. Does anybody feel old? The producers of the show in 1965 told Charles Schultz, who created Peanuts, that it just wouldn't be right to use the Bible. Schultz said, if we don't tell them who will. Let's watch and listen. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds. Abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men.
That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Some of you have seen this and you know what Linus did when he read the words of Scripture, fear not. Linus dropped his security blanket. The only time Linus is ever seen not gripping his blanket. And Lucy and Snoopy and Sally had tried forever to get Linus to give up his security blanket, but it never happened until now. Fear not. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This one, this Jesus, is different. When there is hope and faith, joy and peace, he takes away our fears. Let me tell you one more story, young people. Many of you know Senora Creech because she taught you Spanish somewhere along the line. When she was about your age, she had a teacher ask her the day before Christmas in a Sunday school class the question, what are you going to give Jesus for Christmas? She thought about that the rest of the day, and she found her answer. And the very next morning, Christmas morning, she woke up before everyone else and she got on her knees and she decided as best she could as a nine-year-old that she was going to give Jesus her heart. She trusted in Jesus. And I ask you tonight, young or old, what will you give Jesus this year? Jesus purchased our peace on the cross and he understandably is called the Prince of Peace. And he offers peace to us. Jesus comes as the light. And he fuels peace. There is no peace without Jesus. Without Jesus, there's no hope. There's no faith. There's no joy. And there is no peace. One verse ties it all together. It's Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that's faith, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. As Jesus has come in the first advent, we've only experienced in part these things. But hope, faith, joy, and peace are the things we will experience in full at the second advent of Jesus. For we have the sure and the certain prophetic promise that Jesus, the light of the world, is coming back. Let me close with a story. There was a very wealthy man and his son who loved to collect fine art. They had a little of everything in their collection from Picasso to Raphael. And as the story goes, the son went off to war in Vietnam. And while rescuing another soldier, the son was killed. And as you can imagine, the father grieved deeply. After the war and right before a Christmas, the father heard a knock on the door and there stood a young man who introduced himself and told the father that he was the soldier for whom his son had lost his life. The young man held out a gift and he said, I know this isn't much and I'm not a great artist, but I want you to have this. And the father opened the gift. It was a portrait of his son. The father was in awe 
at the way that the soldier had captured the personality of his son. And particularly, the eyes spoke to the father. He thanked the young man profusely, and he wanted to pay for this work. But he said, oh, no, I could never repay what your son did for me. It's a gift. The father removed a priceless work from above the mantle, and he placed the portrait of his son there. And everybody that came into the home had to see first the picture of the son. Sometime later, the father died. Well, there was going to be a great auction of his rare and priceless paintings. And as you can imagine, many wealthy and influential people gathered, people whom you and I would think had it all already, They could not help but notice the unknown piece of art on the platform, which was to go first. The auctioneer pounded his gavel, and he said, We will start the bidding with this picture of the sun. Who will bid for this picture? There was silence. Someone shouted, We want to see the famous painting. Skip this one. But the auctioneer persisted. Will someone bid for this painting? Who will start the bidding? A hundred dollars. $200. The sun, the sun, who will take the sun? Finally, a voice from the very back of the room came forth. It was the longtime humble gardener of the estate, and he loved the father and the son, and he said, I'll give $10 for the painting. It's all he could afford. Well, the auctioneer says, we have $10. Will somebody give $20? Someone else shouted, give it to him for $10. Let's see the masters. The crowd was becoming very angry. They did not want the sun. They wanted the good stuff. The auctioneer pounded the gavel, going once, twice, sold for $10. Well, the crowd was very excited all of a sudden about the good stuff that was coming. But the auctioneer laid down his gavel and he said, I'm sorry, the auction is over. The crowd was stunned. The auctioneer explained it this way. When I was called to conduct the auction, I was told of a secret stipulation in the will. I was not allowed to reveal that stipulation until now. Only the painting of the sun would be auctioned. Whoever bought that painting would inherit the entire estate, including the paintings. The person who took the sun gets everything, he said. 2,000 years ago, Jesus, Son of God, light of the world, was born. He came to the earth, giving his life for you and me so that we might truly experience hope, faith, joy, and peace. Friends, what will you do with the sun? Some of you perhaps have put that question off for years. The sun the sun. Who will take the sun? Because you see, whoever takes the sun gets everything. But we don't buy the sun. The sun is a free gift of God that he gives to his people. What will you do with that gift freely offered to you? Really, what will you do with that gift even tonight? There are a number of ways that you could respond. You can ignore it. You can reject it. You can humbly receive it, not sure what all that means. You can joyfully receive it, even though you might not understand it all. 
If you have in the past received that gift, rejoice and rest. To all who receive him, we read, he gives the right to become children of God. In Christ, you and I are offered it all. Hope, faith, joy, and peace. Now, that does not mean an easy, problem-free, painless life. It means that in the midst of living in a broken world, in between the two advents, you have one who walks alongside you as Jesus, the gift that God gave to you, gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit to walk with you in all of life. As you ponder the birth, and as you ponder your own situation, it is not about how good you are. Scott Sauls says it well. When you stand before God, you won't be judged by the last thing you did before you died, but by the last thing Jesus did before he died. Your role is to trust in the one who came at the first advent, not simply to leave the light on, but to be the light of the world. What do you do with the sun? The sun, the sun, who will take the sun? The one who gets Jesus gets it all. Let's pray together. Father, we simply stop tonight to say thank you for sending your son as the light of the world. Thank you for giving to us hope, faith, joy, and peace. Father, give us grace as we go through this season to look to you, to love you, to understand your amazing love for us in the Lord Jesus. For we pray in his name. Amen. Friends, Jesus came into the world and he turned the light on forever. And then he gives us this hope, faith, joy, and peace to pass the light on. If we do not do it, who will? You have it all. Now pass it on. I invite those who will be passing the light to come forward. We take from the Christ candle the light of the world. And he now calls us the light of the world. And we pass that to one another. Going out into the darkness.